Hey, good morning. How's everybody doing? Good. Having a good 4th of July weekend? Beautiful weather, isn't it? And uh, thanks so much for uh, making River Glen part of your 4th of July uh, weekend. Well, last weekend we had this uh, breath-holding contest, if you were here. And now uh, this weekend I thought we'd begin with another uh, contest. And so I want you to take a look at a, a picture. And I'm going to give you about 20 seconds to uh, look at this picture as closely as you can, all right? And then I'm going to ask you some questions to see what you can remember about it. So uh, we're going to take a look at this picture for the next uh, 20 seconds. All right. And uh, ready? And go. All right, and now the picture's gone, and uh, we're going to test your uh, memory. i got a few questions for you, three questions I'm going to ask you, and, and uh, you can just write your answer down on a little piece of paper, okay? So jot down your answers, and here they are. Here's the first question for you. In that picture, how many apples were there? Um, go ahead and write that down. We're looking for a number here. How many apples were there in that picture? All right, question number two, how many different types of fruit were there? All right, again, we're looking for a number here. Go ahead and write that down. How many different kinds of fruit, different types of fruit were there? And then question number three, what were the types of fruit in the picture? And I want you to actually write down, make a list of the names of the different kinds of uh, fruit. And so go ahead and answer that. And I'm going to give you a second, and then we're going to bring the picture back in just a moment here. So, okay, you need to finish up. Three, two, one. Good. All right, now let's take a look at that picture again. And uh, let's see how we did. All right, how many uh, apples are there in the picture? Uh, not one, but two. Yeah, two apples. And so if you wrote two, you answered correctly. All right, uh, how many different types of fruit were there? Yeah, if you scan the picture, you're going to see four, four different types of fruit. And then the four different types of fruit, which is actually the answer to question number three, what were the different types of fruit? We've got uh, apples and orange and banana and Kiwi. You see all four of those? All right. Okay, let's see how you did. Just show of hands. How many of you, anybody get one right? Uh, raise your hand. I want to acknowledge you. Okay, good, good. Anybody get two right? All right. Anybody have a photographic memory and get all three? Ah, all right. Uh, now, here's the point of that exercise is em emphasizing that remembering is very important. Remembering is very important. And we're going to come back to that a little bit later on. All right, today we're in this series. We're continuing this series. It's called Alive uh, Without Breathing. And it's inspired by this quote by the great Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who said, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. And each week in this series, we're, we're, we're learning about you know, things that give oxygen to our spiritual lives like prayer and, and, and Bible reading and, and serving, things that we just can't survive uh, without. Last weekend, if you were here, I mentioned this very common sleep disorder called sleep apnea to uh, illustrate this point. The word apnea actually means without breath. And people who have this condition, they'll actually, while they're, they're sleeping, they'll stop uh, breathing. And it can be very serious, and it can cause problems like forgetfulness and depression and feeling tired all the time. It can even lower our ability to control our emotions and our behaviors. And it can even damage our heart because we're alive, but we're not breathing 
correctly. Jesus said this. He said, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. Doesn't that sound good? Absolutely, right? And that's what Jesus came to give you and me, life and have it to the full. But many of us spiritually were like somebody with sleep apnea who's not breathing right and not getting the oxygen that, they desperate, that we desperately need. And we wonder, you know, why do I feel you know, spiritually weak? Why do I lack vitality? Why do I feel lifeless? Could it be that spiritually there just isn't enough life-giving oxygen getting into your heart? And uh, last week we learned from Callie Parkinson that uh, this book, you know, right here, the scripture, is the oxygen for our spiritual lives. Callie Parkinson is an author and a, a, a researcher and an expert on spiritual formation. And she studied, her, uh, she and her team studied over 1,500 churches and over a half million Christians nationwide. And she says that by far and away, based on her studies, the most catalytic experience in growing people spiritually is reflection on Scripture. And so if you were here last week, I challenged everybody to start reading uh, some scripture each day for the next 30 days and reflect on it. And uh, we gave out a 30-day th- reading plan. Uh, you, you can pick one up if you weren't here, if you need one, at the, at the uh, Resource Center, or you can download uh, one from our website. And remember, the reason we're doing this is not because we want to make you into a Bible scholar, not because we want you to do more religious reading. No, it's because this book right here is like the oxygen of our spiritual lives. And we need to inhale and exhale this book every day because many of us find ourselves just feeling tired, feeling spiritually weak and without energy, not experiencing the the life to the full that Jesus promised. And it's because we're not getting enough oxygen into our hearts. It's like we're alive without breathing. Now, you may have noticed something when I quoted uh, Callie Parkinson. She didn't say that the most catalytic experience in growing people spiritually is reading scripture. No, that's not what she said. Here's what she said based on her research into people's spiritual lives. It revealed that the most catalytic experience in growing people spiritually is reflecting on scripture. And there's a big difference between reading and reflecting. And, and, And this helped me because... You know, in the past, I, I, would, I, would, I think I would focus on Scripture and reading a section or maybe a chapter, and then I would set it aside. But reflection, it means you just don't read it. You think about it, and you engage with it. See, the difference between reading and reflecting is that reflecting implies remembering. Reading, reflecting, and, and remembering is as important to our spiritual lives as breathing is to our physical lives. Now, here, here's why I gave you that memory test at the, at the beginning, that picture, because remembering, not remembering, gets us in trouble. And uh, believe me, I know, because I forget things all the time. I mean, I forget my passwords on my computer. I forget my cell phone. I forgot my cell phone this morning. I got here to the office. A couple of weeks ago, I forgot a, a dentist appointment, and I didn't do that intentionally. I mean, I honestly uh, for, forgot. I get in trouble all the time by not remembering. A couple of weeks ago, uh, my kids took me to dinner for Father's Day, which was a lot of fun. They took me to a restaurant, and uh, we had a great time, but the waitress forgot something. She came to the table, brought water, and welcomed us to the restaurant, and then she said, Happy Mother's Day. 
And I thought, you know, maybe I misheard her. And I looked at my kids, and they were ready to burst out in laughter. And I didn't want to embarrass the waitress, so I didn't say anything. And she took the order. She didn't miss a, a, a beat. She forgot it was Father's Day, and so I forgot her tip uh, later on. No, I didn't do that. She did a great job. But remembering is very important. And do you know this? Remembering is one of the most spiritual things that you can do. I'm talking about remembering things that are ultimately true about life and eternity. Remembering God's promises. Remembering what God has done for us. Remembering who God is and what he's up to in your life. That's why the Bible, in the Bible, did you notice that God, God uses the word remember over 230 times? And then there's over 100 times where the Bible tells us to not forget you know, for example, in the Ten Commandments, it's right there. It says, it says, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. If you go over to the Gospels, Jesus said to his followers, remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, God says, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And, uh, you know, we take communion each, each weekend, right? You know why we do that? Why we, why we share communion? It's because of, of what it says in the Gospel of Luke, that Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it, and then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Look at this. Do this to remember me. Remembering is one of the most spiritual things that you can, can do. You ever done this? You ever forgotten what you were going to say? You wanted to say something, and uh, you know, it was really important, but you just forgot what you were going to say, and then somebody says to you, well, if you can't remember it, it must not have been that important. But you know what? That's not true. It's just not true because we forget important things all the time. And so the question is, when it comes to our spiritual lives, how do we make sure that we remember? One of my favorite pastors and authors is a guy by the name of Wayne Cordero. In fact, if you want to go further into this topic... Uh, I, would, I would recommend his book, The Divine Mentor, just an outstanding uh, book. I've always wanted to visit uh, Wayne's church and, uh, or attend one of his conferences uh, for several reasons. One, the guy is just a dynamic communicator and a fantastic communicator and, and, and leader and, and visionary. Another reason I've wanted to visit his church is because it's just a phenomenal church. It's called New Hope Church. It, 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 it attracts over 15,000 people on the weekends. And get this, they have planted over 100 new churches. And then one more reason I've always wanted to visit his church is because it's located in, in Hawaii. That'd be great, wouldn't it? And I've just sensed God calling me to, to visit uh, Wayne Cordero's uh, church. Now, if you read his book, okay, or if you visit his church, you learn that Wayne believes the secret to the health and the growth of his church is this right here, okay? This right here, this is a, this is a journal that's uh, based on the one that, that Wayne uses in his, in his church that he leads. Wayne leads his entire church, not just the staff, not just the leaders, I mean everybody in the church, to read their Bible and a journal about it, you know, every day. And as I think about Wayne and his church and what they're doing, you know what they're doing? They're doing exactly what, what Callie Parkinson talked about. They're reflecting on Scripture for meaning in their lives every day. And they've got everybody doing it. And it's life-giving. And as it, has, as it changes people individually in the church, it, it, it has changed the church. And as the church has changed, it's changed the community 
around the church. And so last summer, I started doing this personally. I started reading some scripture each day, and I started uh, journaling about it every day. And here's the difference that journaling makes for me. It has helped me to move from just reading the Bible to reflecting on it and remembering and remembering it. And I'll give you a little example. Here's a little excerpt from my, uh, from my uh, journal. One morning, I read some verses. I was going through the book of Luke, and I read from Luke chapter 3 about the baptism of Jesus. And I've probably read this many times, but this particular morning, something just jumped out at me that, that I just had not noticed before. Here, here's what I wrote in my journal. I wrote, Jesus was baptized, it says, with all the people, quotations, all the people. He didn't get baptized alone or privately as a son of God. He got baptized with a group of ordinary people. Though sinless, he humbly identified with sinful humanity and our need for cleansing. Jesus shows that he is willing to put himself in the shoes of the rebellious people. I love that picture. And then in my prayer, I wrote, thank you for the love of Jesus for other people as seen in his baptism. God, I want to become more of a humble people person like Jesus. And that's just one, one little example of how journaling helps me to, to reflect and, and remember uh, scripture. And something else that I really love about journaling. Journaling, for me, it connects my Bible reading and my, my prayer time Journaling helps me to remember uh, to pray for things that I might otherwise forget because I write them down. And so, you know, these pages help me remember important things that that God teaches me from from his word and remember important things that I need to pray about. And, And so let this sink in, would you? Let it sink into your head and into your heart because remembering is one of the most spiritual things that you can do. And journaling helps us not just read the Bible, but reflect on it and remember it. Now, do I miss a day, you know, occasionally? Yeah, yeah, I do. But most days I do it, and, and here's why. Because this, not because I'm a spiritual person, but because this is like oxygen for me. And if I miss a day, I can feel it. I mean, it's life-giving for me. And I really think it might be helpful and make a difference in your life. And so we went ahead and uh, we created our own uh, life journal here. And it's available uh, to you today. And I know that, you know, some of you, you know, when you hear this word journaling, uh, some of you are thinking, you know, seriously, you know? I mean, you want me to keep a diary, you know? You want me to write in a diary? I mean, my sister had a diary. <laughs> but you know what? That's not what this is about, really. This is not about writing down, you know, your your. Your, your deepest secrets, secrets and your darkest sins and the latest gossip. No, no, no. That's not what this is, is about. And I know some of you are probably thinking, but I'm not really good with words. I've got bad handwriting. I, I don't like to write stuff down. I can't express myself. I just draw a blank. And I understand that. I've had some of those experiences my, my, myself. But, but don't forget that this is not about writing a bestseller, okay? This is not going to get published, This is a tool to help you reflect and remember. Others of you might be thinking, where where in the Bible does it say that I have to journal? You know, I mean, and and the short answer is nowhere. God never says, you know, thou shalt journal. But does he really have to? Because this is a time-honored practice. And followers of Jesus, I mean, they've done this for for generations, you know, writing down their experiences with God, both uh, to, to remember them and to let them sink in, 
and so that we could learn from them too. And please understand, I'm not really campaigning for journaling, but here's the challenge. Here's what I'm challenging you to do, to find a way to read, okay, and to reflect and, and, and remember. I mean, that's what you got to do. You got you to read, reflect, and remember because that's like oxygen for your spiritual lives. I'm talking about a place to write down our experiences with God so that we remember them because that's the oxygen in our spiritual growth. I mean, you know, we all know that writing stuff down helps us remember, right? I want to talk to the guys here for just a minute. Maybe you've had this experience where your wife or maybe your girlfriend says, says uh, hey, I need you to go to a grocery store for me, and I need you to get uh, four things for me. Do you want me to write them down for you? And, and what do we say? Nah, you know, I can remember them. You know, I don't need you to write that down. And then we get to the grocery store, and how many things can we remember? I mean, for me, it's like three tops. And so I'm going, oh, what's that fourth thing? What's that fourth thing? And inevitably, here's what happens. I have to call my wife. And I say, I've got this, i got this, i got this. What was that fourth thing? And what does she say? I told you to write it down, right? And you know what? There's actually research that supports this. Studies have been done that tell us that after a certain amount of time, like after 72 hours, we remember only 10% of what we read. And after 72 hours, we remember only 20% of what we hear. And then we'll remember 30% of what we see. But then we'll remember as much as 50% of what we see and hear. But, but, but check this out. What we, we remember 70% of what we see, hear, and write down. It, it, it's, it's amazing. So, so get this. If you will read your Bible and reflect on it by writing down what's important to you, you'll remember seven times as much than if you were to just read it. And maybe that's why God tells his people over and over again in the Bible to write this down. You know, for instance, God spoke to the prophet uh, Habakkuk, and uh, he said, write down clearly on tablets what I reveal uh, to you so that it can be read at a glance. In Exodus, God says to Moses, write down these words, for in accordance with these words, I've made a covenant with you. In Psalm 102, God says to the psalmist, write this down for the next generation so people not yet born will praise God. And, you know, I know maybe some of you are saying, well, but, you know, I'm not a psalmist. You know, I'm not a, a great leader like Moses. I'm not, a, I'm not a prophet. God doesn't speak to me directly. But what if um, God speaks to you in other ways? What if God speaks to you in different ways? The great English writer and journalist, Malcolm Muggeridge, he became a Christian late in life, and uh, look at what he had to say. He said, everything happening, great and small, is a parable by which God speaks to you. The art of life is to get the message. And what if God is, is saying that to you? What if, what if God is, is saying to you today, I want you to write stuff down about me. What if God is saying to you, I want you to write stuff down about our relationship so that you can remember it? Okay, so how do you do this? How, how, do, you, how do you journal? Let's say you wanted to jump in today. How do you do it? Well, here's what you do. It starts with Bible reading, okay? It, it start, that's, that's where it begins. It begins with, with, with Bible uh, reading. And I would strongly advise against, you know, just, just taking a Bible and just opening it up and begin in anywhere. You really need a Bible reading plan. And like I said, you can pick one up at the, at the Resource Center or go to our uh, website. Second thing I would encourage you to do is that you can purchase one of these life journals. 
You can pick one of these up. They're on tables at the, uh, at the back of the auditorium on your way out. You can, you can pick one up. They're available for purchase. They're, they're $6, which is just our printing cost, and you can pay for it at the Red Sea or at the uh, Resource Center. And if you want one and you can't afford it, uh, we'd love to just give you one. You know, we'd be glad to just give you one. So take one with you today. It not only includes several Bible reading plans in here that you can choose from, the Life Journal also contains a simple way, a five-step process for journaling based on the word daily. And if you look at the bottom of of each page, it's outlined uh, for you there every day. The D here stands for dig. Step number one is that you dig into, into God's word, and you ask, all right, I've read this passage from the Bible. Now, what is God saying to me? What are, what are the facts here, and what do the facts mean to me? What is God saying to me? And you write that down. That's D for dig. And then A stands for adoration. This is step number two. This is where you pause and worship and appreciate and acknowledge what God has, has done for you. What I like to do is I like to, make a, I like to thank God and make a specific list of things that he's done for me. And this reminds me that God is God and I'm not. A stands for adore. And then I is inquire. You inquire by asking, what do I need to pray uh, to God about? Are there requests that I need to bring to him? Is there somebody that I need to lift up before him? And then you simply write out your prayer to God. And then the L is for listen. This is where I pause from writing and, and quiet down and, and slow down and I ask, what's God trying to say to me? Maybe in response to what I read, maybe in response to my prayer. And I think this is really important because many of us probably don't get enough of this quiet time. And then I like to write down what I think God is saying to me uh, through prayer. So L is for listen. And then last is Y, which stands for yield. And this is where I ask myself, okay, based on what I've read and, and based on my prayer, where do I need to yield to what God is asking me to do? Because following Jesus isn't just about learning. It's about doing. What do I need to put into action? Write down what I'm going to do. So why is for yield? Now, now, here's the thing. I mean, I could talk about this all day. But what I would really like to do is uh, have us experience it uh, together. When you came in, I think you were handed one of these yellow sheets, uh, which is a sample page from our journal. Would you go ahead and, and take that out right now? And if you didn't get one or if you need a pen, just raise your hand. We've got some ushers that will come around and uh, give you uh, one. And what I'd like to do right now is have us just take a few minutes uh, to journal. And we won't, we won't really have time to do a full experience, but I want you to have a partial experience. And uh, we've written in here a beautiful scripture from the book of Acts, uh, chapter 2, which gives us a clear picture of what following Jesus looks like when we're breathing right. And so what I'd like to do is just work through this daily experience uh, together. Sound good? And so take your, take your sample page, and I'm going to read uh, right out of Acts chapter 2, uh, verses 41 through 47. And as I'm reading this, you can begin the dig process of asking, okay, what is God saying to me here? And you can begin jotting some things down there on your uh, journal sheet. Okay, so let me read this out loud so we can begin with dig. Uh, Right out of Acts, it says this. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. 
All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now, as you look at that, we're going to start with D, right? And D stands for dig. And so start by digging into God's word and just, and just ask, what's God saying? What is God actually saying to me? And so let's take a moment right now. And um, I'm going to do this along with you, okay? And uh, we'll get started with it. What is God saying uh, to me? And uh, write some things down, you know, where you're seated, and I'll do it up here. Okay, ready? Let's do it. All right, did something come to mind? I hope so. Something, uh, I, I forgot my pen, so I'll, I'll, get, I'll get in on this next round. All right, let's move on. And uh, let's move on to A. The A, thank you. The A stands for adore, okay? And this is really a time to pause, to worship, and thank God. And I would encourage you to write down, for our purposes right now, write down just one thing that you're thankful that God has done uh, for you, that you appreciate that God has done. Let's, let's, let's just take a moment to write that down and have that experience uh, right now. All right, did you write down one thing? Let's move on. Let's go to I. I stands for inquire. And you inquire by asking, what do I need to say to God in prayer? Maybe, maybe you have some things that you need to, to say to God. Maybe, uh, maybe some things that you need to talk to God about this morning. We're only going to take a moment, and you're probably not going to have time for the whole thing. But you can begin the process right now of writing out a prayer uh, to God. Let's do that right now. All right, was there something that you needed to, to bring to God today, talk to God about? And, uh, you know, I know I'm, I'm giving this talk right now, but my mind, there's other things in my mind too, and something came to my, my mind, I, I, I jotted it down. 
and uh, wrote it down uh, right there. All right, then L stands for listen. Okay, this is the fourth of the five, and this is where we pause and we, uh, and, and we say, what might God be saying to me or challenging me to do in response to my reading or in response to my uh, prayer? So let's take a moment right now, and we're, we're going to just quiet down so that you can listen and see if God brings anything to your mind, okay? And then you can write it down. All right, I think the uh, listening part can be the hardest part because it takes a little while to get the noise out of our head, not just the noise uh, around us so that we can listen, but uh, that's really an important part. And then the Y stands for yield. And what you're asking here is based on what I've read, based on what I've heard, maybe during the listen part, what's God asking me to do? Where is God asking me to yield uh, to him? So, uh, so there's a clear to do. There's a clear next step something that God's challenging you to do. Write that down right now. All right, very good. Very good. Thanks for doing that. And if you did that, that whole thing right there, you know what? You experienced it. Uh, some of you experienced journaling for the very uh, first uh, time. And, and, and that was just a taste of it. But this gives you an idea of what it means to read, reflect, and remember. And, and that's what I'm challenging you uh, to do. You know, maybe you heard this week that uh, one of the top basketball coaches in the country made a decision to retire uh, Bo Ryan, the, the head coach at Wisconsin, announced this week that he's going to retire at the end of next season. And, and Bo Ryan has, has accomplished a lot in his career. Previously, he coached at UW-Platteville, and he led that basketball team to four national titles. And I think during his 14 years at Wisconsin, he has really taken that team further than probably anybody expected. And he is considered a Hall of Fame prospect, a Hall of Fame caliber uh, coach. But here's the part I found interesting about his announcement. Bo Ryan has mentored and trained and developed an assistant coach for over 20 years named Greg Gard. And Bo thinks that he would make, uh, Greg would make a great successor when he re retires to become the next basketball coach at Wisconsin. And that decision will come later on. But uh, here's what Greg Gard said about Bo Ryan. He said, I've been very fortunate it's been a great learning experience. Listen to this. I've been mentored by a Hall of Fame coach. Greg's very fortunate, isn't he? And it got me thinking that we are, we are even more fortunate. We're even more blessed. Because you know what this is right here? This is God's wisdom right here for us. This is how God mentors us right here through this book. This is how God grows us. This is how God develops us. And God has given us, you know, this book of, of wisdom for future generations, including you and me. And you know, you know what this is? 
right here, this is a tool that helps me reflect and remember this wisdom for my life. And together, this is the oxygen for my spiritual life. Let me pray for us. God, I'd ask you to, to, to help us to inhale and exhale your word. Help us to be people who don't just read, but we reflect and we remember so that we take it with us throughout the day and, and throughout the week, wherever we go, maybe to school or to work. And help it to be something that is living and breathing inside of us. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. All right, before we share communion, before we do that, I want to take just another look here at the scripture that, that we read and, and journaled about. And I don't know if you noticed this, but it actually mentions communion, okay? Notice this word devoted. They devoted themselves to four things here. This word devoted means that they, they established these four things as priorities. And one of those four is the breaking of, 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 of bread. Scholars believe this is a reference to communion, that breaking bread symbolizes the broken body of Jesus on the cross for all our sins. And then a couple of verses later, notice it says that they met every day. You know, they went to church every day. And then it says they, they took communion. They broke bread every day. You know, sometimes people tell me that, uh, you know, River Glen takes communion too often. But, you know, you look at the first Christians here, and, you know, they took it every day. And then later on in the book of Acts, they, they moved to uh, once a week. And so we follow their example. But here's the point, that communion is important because it helps us remember what Jesus did for us by uh, breaking his body and shedding his blood on the cross. And uh, if communion is new to you and, and, and you want to take a pass on it, that's fine. But our communion is open to anybody who believes in Jesus and uh, would like to remember what he's done for us.